When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. to Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. It's a Thursday. I'm joined by JP Mason. And it doesn't feel that long since I was on because I was covering the game last night. JP, you were there. Give me your wee brief overview of how it went last night. How did you think we played? Uh, well, I mean, it was the first time I'd been back at Fur Park since February 5th, 2020. So uh, it was difficult to get a ticket last season. Um, first of all, the first game was the... The COVID um, thing was still in place. I think mm-hmm. Celtic were using the away stand as a dressing room or something like that. Oh, if memory serves me correctly. Seems to be seems so bizarre to talk about 
thing, things like that going on still in in, the, in football, but it was, wasn't that long ago. So yeah, so I, that's when I ended up having my spat with Alan Burrows on Twitter uh, <laughs> when I tagged him and he, he replied back about three tweets and then. I get absolutely jumped upon calling me an entitled Celtic fan because I wanted to see my team play football and uh, not look at a bunch of empty seats on the on the on the telly. But he did it. To be fair, Alan Burrows, he did explain himself uh, and what he was trying to do long term. That didn't look like it was working last night by the attendance from the home end. And I know it was a quarter past six kickoff and all the rest of it. But what makes Celtic fans so different to Motherwell fans that we can? You know, arrange our lives to get to a quarter past six kickoff, and Motherwell fans can't. So, anyway, regardless of that, the team the team turned up in a big way last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took us a, a while to get a goal before half time, but you could you felt it was coming. And I think I, my friend Chris said that he thought there was going to be wholesale changes last night. I, I really didn't expect there to be a kind of yeah. shadow side last night because. I think you only had to look at what they did on Sunday against Rangers. They put up a, a decent performance, and I, and I think it was it was potentially a banana skin, depending on what Celtic side we put out. So we put out a, a fairly well, a really strong side, and took it seriously. And mm-hmm. we've got our, we've got our, ourselves into another semi final at Hamden, which seems like ages away right now. But um, I'm sure January will come round very quickly as time seems to be moving so fast at the moment in every other aspect of life. So, um, yeah, we'll be at Hamden in no time. And just, wait, just wait till we get to 40, mate. It gets even quicker. Well, I'm long past that. Are you? Oh, <laughs> Are you see, that's that? a compliment. That's a compliment, JP, right? Aye, I, didn't, I didn't think you'd hit the big 4 yet. Oh, aye, that's long gone. But, uh, <laughs> the, um, the, the, but I was really, really pleased with last night. And uh, Leo Labada, again turning up with a couple of goals, but not much else. He's, he's a mercurial figure that just seems to score goals and doesn't really give you that, you know, a performance where you come away going, oh, how good was Abada tonight? You just go away and that's Abada scored another two goals. And I'm, I'm not complaining, by the way. It's just it's just the way that he is. Mm. Well, do you, I know that you use social media and you are on Twitter. And I think that in terms of comedy gold, uh, Twitter's up there, right? I mean, we, we know that social media is different. Facebook's a different world than Twitter, etc. Uh, but you follow certain pages that give you brilliant comedy, brilliant videos. You know the ones I'm talking about. Mm. And one that I think is supremely good is uh, Fitball Tweets. Do you follow Fitball Tweets with their artwork? Um, I'm going to give the full credit before I bring this up so that they don't think we're ripping them off in any way, shape or form. But let's talk about the first goal. And this is the way that Fitball Tweets would uh, describe it. There you go. There he is, ghosting it in uh, with the the cross in from Taylor, uh, JP. Uh, He's got a certain style, he or she, I'm not sure who it is that does the artwork. But there's the first goal. And they call him the ghost because, like you say, he just seems to ghost out of nowhere. Back post seems to be his favourite um, area to ghost in at, and he gets the first goal. Um, let's talk a wee bit about that then, because up until that point, it was quite frustrating in the first half. JP, I wasn't at the game, I was covering it here. Um, was there any kind of sense? I didn't sense that, I didn't sense any real tension. I could hear the Celtic fans singing non-stop. Um, was there any kind of sense that if Motherwell get to half-time, 
tonight. This could be that potential banana skin you were talking about. But if we get that first goal, the floodgates would open. That's that's the, the kind of impression I was getting. I wasn't expecting a three or a four, I have to be honest. But there definitely didn't seem to be any fear, you know, that we were going to come a cropper last night. I think I think Ange Postacoglu said it in his post-match that our passing was really good and it, and it was, you know, there was the there was a real kind of I don't know, it just, it didn't feel like anything that at any point we were going to go off the rails in that in that game and I thought Aaron Moy was excellent again, there's been a lot of detractors, people prepared to die in a hill for their stance against Aaron Moy but <laughs> I know. Um, uh, I, I don't. I don't under. I'll never understand why people dig their heels in on certain players, whoever it may be, because ultimately a Celtic player has a, has the jersey and has the ability to put that jersey on and prove me, you, whoever else sits here talking about them wrong, and you end up looking kind of foolish if you sort of go after someone in a particular way, and that's why you always just let let the football do the talking and let the players do the talking rather than be so desperate to write players off because you want to be right about something. And that seems to be, a, 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 you know, quite common in, in, in the current climate. Not just Celtic fans, anybody about anything. They just let people like to be right. I'd prefer to just sort of keep my, uh, my mouth shut until such time as, you know, you can review someone at the end of a season and go, well, that person's not contributed. Mm. They probably don't get deserve to get a new contract based on that or something like that. But while, while we're in the thick of it and the games are coming as fast as they are, you're looking for everybody to contribute. And that's starting to happen. You know, James McCarthy coming on so far out of the picture, comes on last night again and gets minutes. And uh, Forrest at the weekend as well. How many times has Forrest been written on? The comments on this when we've been talking about it, people coming up going, Forrest is done, get him get him out and you know, you bring the comment up, you start talking about it, and then people tell you you're deluded because you're backing James Forrest, a guy who's you know, now scored a hundred goals for Celtic. Mm-hmm. And he has he's done that since since last week. Um and he's one one assist away from a hundred assists. Yeah. yeah. We've been at pains to point that out to people, but People just stick their head in the sand and go, nah, 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 he's, he's, he's not good enough. Shouldn't be at Celtic, all this. The, the thing is, right, I mean, obviously football's changed. The way we watch it, the way we comment on it has changed. I mean, we've always had, as football fans, um, a reactionary uh, view uh, and way to express our feelings on who's played well, who's played badly. Uh, manager out, sack the board. We've had all that kind of stuff over the year, but the the, the difference now... JP is that you have the power to broadcast it. Now you broadcast it by doing something like what we are doing now and streaming it live. You can broadcast it on your social media channels. People can gather an incredible amount of people, uh, followers on social media that you would never um, be able to gather in real life if that's still a thing. <laughs> Where you know you'll never know twenty thousand people, but you might have twenty thousand followers online, and. Sometimes I get the impression, and I don't feel the need to do that. Maybe I have in the past, but sometimes I think people with a big following feel the need to, or they feel like an obligation to make a comment on everything. So if you comment on Celtic and something happens, you must make a comment. And sometimes I don't think there's the process of thinking that comment out 
So sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction to assigning a performance, etc. I don't ever feel the need to make that comment. I'd much rather go away and think about it and probably share my thoughts on the broadcast because you get a time to, to come back and sometimes watch the game back, for example. So there's a few players, I think, in that bracket. So we signed Moy and it was it was you know far from a marquee signing, JP, right? Um, but we'd already signed Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers. And the, the broadcast we had done leading up to the, those two signings were I don't think we'll get both of them. Who would you prefer? That was the kind of chat. That was the discussion. We got both of them. So I think that when you go out and you get your two, probably your two priority signings, there are going to be other guys that are going to be brought in as squad players. And I think that's what Moy was. So when he when he signed, I'm looking at him going, okay, there's some attributes he's got that we've maybe lost with Rodjick uh, leaving. There's some attributes he's got that we've probably lost with Beaton leaving. Um, he's maybe more of an all-rounder than both of those two guys. And I think that in time, because obviously he hadn't been training full-time, um, he might have been training on his own, but I don't think that's ever going to be as intense as doing a, a, you know, a pre-season for a team. So it's taken him a wee while. He had a bad performance against St Mirren, but I keep saying it, no one could cover themselves in glory that day. And I think in the last couple of games, what we've seen from Moy is exactly what he can bring to the table. He's not a first pick, JP, but you put him in in a game like last last night and he's going to do a, an excellent job for you. And I think there's going to be an importance on guys like him who maybe at the end of the season, you look at how many games they've played, not all starts, and they might have between 25, 30 appearances, mainly from the bench. But these guys are, are vital to the squad, to the makeup of the squad. And, oh. and for such occasions where... Someone like Callum McGregor gets an injury, you know, or McGregor suspended, which he was for the first game that he missed through injury. But, you know, these things are going to happen. We've got situations like last night where um, Yakimakis comes on and it looks as though he in- injures himself. Straight away, you're thinking, who's our backup? We don't actually have one. Mm. Out and out striker. We're going to have to start playing people out of position. Um, so I think Moy has been. I recall Albion a Yeti from his uh, glittering loan period where he's got two and two for Sturmgratz. It's incredible when, again, and I've done it, you've probably done it, you criticise a player. And and I've I've spoken, I've been privileged enough to speak to ex-Celtic players and what they continually tell you, and they'll slag off this one and that one, no one's there that isn't an excellent footballer. But mm-hmm. Celtic sometimes... Um, can swallow players up, JP. And a, a lot of experienced players have told me this, that you've got a guy who's got the ability, but coming to Celtic and the demands that you you have as a Celtic player, where every game, let's be honest, every game has to be won. A draw is never good enough. Um, and a lot of people can't you know, live up to those demands. Is Albion a Yeti murder at football? Of course he isn't. Of course he isn't. But he's maybe not made for Celtic. So he goes away to Strum Graz and he's scoring goals. Mikey Johnston's scoring goals. Connor Hazard's winning leagues for Helsinki. And player it, of the season. Player of the season. So it, it might just be, yeah, we can be harsh, we can be brutal. That's part of football, right? And it's part of being a fan. You can be brutal about players. But they're no bad players. It's just no worked out at Celtic. You know, it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, to be fair to Ange Postacoglu, there's, there's not many in the current... Uh, squad that you could honestly say, oh, we need to get rid of him or we need to get rid of him. He's 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 sorted out what the situations where players were clearly things weren't working out either for them as people in Scotland, Glasgow, and Celtic. 
and he's moved them on. And he's managed to get them, you know, out the door. And it's, that sounds really brutal and harsh, but it has to be. You know, the amount of money that we were paying out to these guys was was sucking the the the, the money away from what could be distributed elsewhere on up. Aaron Moy or uh, Morris Jens or you know somebody that could come in and play you know one out of every two games or one out of every three games because obviously Starfield you would expect to come back in whenever he's fit again to the centre of defence and obviously McGregor's been the, the captain he'll he, he'll come back in when his injury uh, subsides but I think this this the, the sort of the, the idea I've seen people calling Moy Angie's pet. Any in, in comments, it's so disrespectful. It's like mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Why is he Angie's pet? Why is Kyogo not Angie's pet? Why is why is any player that Angie's brought in not? Why is it specifically Aaron Moy? Why have you gone after him with that comment? And then as well as that, people were just kind of thinking, oh, well, because he's been playing in, in China, that yeah. that's it, ripped up his career and he's not allowed the opportunity to play for a top European club um, in Celtic. I just think it's wild how people think sometimes, but you can't. the only way you can change people's opinions is, is, is performing. And, and it's really been good to see Aaron Moy play and play well in the last few games in a different position as well not not the position that I think everybody myself included thought he was going to play in that in the, in the holding role I mm. expect him to play further up the park but he's shown just how if, I mean there was guys next to me last night even going how slow is he man you know the, the guy next to me just like berating him for his for his lack of pace but when you've got the football and brain that he has and he can stay passes around like that do you really need to be, you know, light a lightning bolt in the middle of the park? I don't think you do. You've got other people around about you to do your running for you. Yeah, and and the experience with that, what should happen is it should bring, um, uh, you know, a positional awareness as well. 
JP, so you are in that right place and you're not having to hurtle back to try and catch up with um, the game as it kind of rushes past you kind of thing. And I think so far, yeah, there was one bad performance at, in Paisley, but uh, I think so far Moy has been a real shrewd acquisition. There's going to be some interesting times ahead. There's a, there's a few challenges that I don't think can just dealt with quite yet at Celtic that um, there's, there's a real knack for a manager to know when a player's time is up at a club and I don't mean they're finished as a footballer and I think um, I'm going to use um, Alex Ferguson as an example for this one JP so often he would move players on who you thought were at the peak of their powers and, and you often thought it was the wrong time but what do we know uh, Fergie done alright but he did move players on when they were they were still like massively in demand but he knew that the time was right you, you know there is a timing and it could be that the player um, we, we saw it when, when the players heads left the building you made the, the comment famously and their, their boots should do the same um, and they're not giving you 100% they're not 100% buying into what Ange is delivering we're not there yet I think we've got a squad that's been completely galvanised by the Ange effect everybody is bought into it but we had that same kind of vibe when Brendan Rodgers came into the club there's the Claxon going off for Brendan but eventually it happened with him You've got players like Boyata refusing to play European games. It eventually did happen. You've got the the spat with Moussa Dembele. If you had told me after the Dembelition derby that that would happen with Dembele, mm. I mean, how disappointing you wouldn't have believed it. But that's that's football. That's modern football. So it's great at this moment in time that we've got all this plethora of talent and they're all buying into what Andrew's selling. They're all buying into Celtic. They've all made that step up, be that... Carter Vickers, who didn't know where his home was, he was a nomadic footballer. We were his seventh loan club, his eighth club in total in his early 20s. You had Yota, who had been heralded as the next Portuguese wonder kid. Didn't quite work out. Couldn't really establish himself at Benfica. So he's come in. So these people have made that step up, JP. So they're not yet thinking or looking over their shoulder as to where the interest is. You've got Matt O'Reilly, you know, third-tier English football this time last year, now playing in the Champions League against Luka Modric. So we're not there yet, but that challenge will be facing Ange at some point. It'll be interesting to see if he still has that, if he's got that instinct to know right, this player's time's up, it is time for him to move on. Because that was one of the biggest mistakes we made with some of the want-away players, wasn't it? In the uh, oh. the bad old season, the COVID season. Yeah, yeah, hanging on to guys that... That that was a little bit out of our hands. I've spoken about that before in, in terms of the, the transfer market that summer, which was stagnated uh, and not the same transfer market as it would have been any other year without a global pandemic where people aren't shelling out the same sort of... Well, people aren't shelling out anything, really. I, you look back at the transfers in that summer and money was not flying around as it normally would be. And mm. Certainly, there would not be as much risk taken on players from, from, no disrespect to our own league, but from the Scottish League. You know, anybody that was spending money that summer, if at all, it was going to be on certainties, not on gambles. And... Ryan Christie going to Bournemouth was the, would you would you say that was a gamble probably a little bit of a gamble in that but it was it was low risk because he was they didn't pay a big fee for him did they so it's like two and a half wasn't it yeah exactly and I it was it was just a, a, a weird time and we did we did hang on to players that 
could have and should have left the building a lot, lot a lot sooner and we maybe we would have freshened up the squad in a in a way that would have allowed us to have a bit have a better stab at that season. But um I just on O'Reilly, I thought he was brilliant last night. I thought he really, you know, was always looking for the ball and just calmed it, calmed the midfield down a lot. Really, really uh, good to see. Um, I know we weren't exactly playing in a cauldron of an atmosphere, but just for his own development as well to to get games like last night under his belt, mm-hmm. where, he's, where he's properly running the midfield. Um, and that goal from Hatati was just the, the, the rollover. Remember seeing Henrik Larsson doing that against Kilmarnock in the final of the League Cup. If I remember rightly, he did it to Gordon Marshall. Remember he, he did that rollover for it. I'm pretty sure it was for his hat trick. Did the roll over the ball and finished with his other foot. Yep. He also scored against uh, an ex uh, uh, school. Crazy school pal. He wasn't in my year. He was a couple of years older than me. But a guy called Chris Innes uh, ended up playing for Kilmarnock against uh, Henrik Larson in that cup final, and uh, Larson scored one of his hat trick in off Chris Innes. Like just kind of hit it, and it just took a slight uh, dink, which went over the keeper. Um, which I, I, I was just cool to see somebody that I, I kind of half knew from school playing in a in a cup final. Uh, and I knew he was a Celtic fan as well, so it probably would have I don't know what I don't know what the psyche's like for someone in that position where they're playing against the team that they support, but for the club that they're, they're being paid by, you know, it's it's, it's very interesting that, JP. Very interesting indeed because um there are moments where like you, you've mentioned a couple of times, Mark Butcher was was yeah. one of your contemporaries, right? And he went mm-hmm. on. Actually, that top over your your shoulder right. reminds me of Mark Butcher. Um, and you know, you come through schools football and all that, and you play with some right good players, and a few of them actually make it and as professionals. And you do pick up a few wee tales, but that's one of the things I used to always ask in terms of, um, you know, the effort, etc. And Generally, what I've I've been told is that you would try harder because there was still that dream in your mind that you might play for the team that you support. So you wanted to show a good impression. Um, but there was also a football team that a pal of mine played for who uh, were, let's just say, there were quite a few fans of a certain team in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there were comments after a particular uh, defeat that would suggest that they didn't try a leg. Oh, right. So... You know, it's something that you you hope the professionalism prevails in most most cases, and you also hope that you know if you're a Celtic fan playing against Celtic, then proof does that you're good enough. So you just have to look at things like listen. You're not going to want reminded of this, but Scott McDonald was a lifelong Celtic fan, right? Mm. Um, Johnny Doyle was a was a lifelong Celtic fan and turned it on when he played for Air United against Celtic. Andy Lynch, mad Celtic fan. So when he played for Hearts against Celtic, he wanted to impress. And you speak to these people and that's what they want to do. And you hope that that is a professional approach that most footballers would take, JP. Uh, you would hope. But there's going I to be occasions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've never, I've not seen Chris Ennis for years, but I, I would love to know how he reflects upon that game and if he's disappointed at the fact that they lost or if he's proud of the fact that he played against Henrik Larson and holds his hands up to say, well... Aye. 
Yeah. And Larson scored a ha- one of the best Celtic players of all time. I was in the opposition team that he scored a hat trick against in a cup final. One of the best ones, though, right? And I'm going to bring this up because I wanted to ask you about Frank McGarvey, right? Because obviously uh, last week was a very emotional week for Frank and his family. And anybody who watched that video, um, Mm. I challenge you to watch that and uh, get caught up in the emotion of it. But one story that Frank told, which I thought was pretty funny, was uh, around Love Street 86. And there are Hearts players to this day. Every so often on an anniversary, there'll be a newspaper piece and the Hearts player, oh, you know, St. Byron way down to Celtic and all this nonsense, right? Um, and Frank McGarvey, I, I remember speaking to him, and I'm pretty sure this podcast is probably on our YouTube channel. It's probably on our YouTube channel as an audio. So, you, you know, back in the day, and I'm interviewing Frank way back, a few years ago. And he said, and I spoke about that, it must have been around about one of the anniversaries. Um, and he says, you know, I think it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous, Paul, that, you know, people would suggest that a professional footballer would, wouldn't try because they were, you know, they come from a Celtic bank background or they support the club. He says, but what I would say, the champagne in the Celtic dressing room after that Love Street game was, was delicious. <laughs> and I just thought that is typical, Frank. Get it up them because uh, he was get you know, the Celtic contingent were getting abuse from the Hearts players that week in the press but uh, Frank McGarvey it's taken me on to speak about Frank uh, it was really emotional to see him at Celtic Park wasn't it and you, you you know your thoughts and prayers continually go out to him and his friends and his family well you know him personally don't you I mean he's been in and around the studio um, a number of times and been on the shows and things like that and it was just a bit before my time in terms of being a Celtic supporter. I think, obviously, he scored an 80, 85 final. Yeah, yep. And that's just a little bit too far back for me in terms of what I can remember growing up. Um, but certainly, I've seen the I've seen the footage and and you can you know when someone is a Celtic fan and that guy is a hundred percent a Celtic fan. Just the way. He was speaking and how emotional he was at the opportunity to get to speak to the to the fans at, at, at this horrendous point in his, his his life where he's battling cancer, as so many so many other people have, you know, and and continue to do. It's horrendous, horrendous thing. Um, and I just I, my my heart went out to him when I saw that when I saw that video, especially when it's someone there's there's, there's not too disconnected to your own personal life, you know. I mean, obviously you know him, so therefore it kind of there's a bit more of a familiarity um, in in terms of, of of him as a as a person now and not the the player that he was um, for Celtic. But he's part of that that club, isn't he? He scored a hundred mm-hmm. goals for Celtic, and just, you know when someone gets to that lofty position, that they're, they're kind of they're just etched forever in in Celtic history. Yeah. Um, as is James Forrest now as well, you know. So the the the, the, the people that are on a on a on a higher plane within within the Celtics um, Celtics um, history. You know, we were talking yesterday. John John Hughes and I were talking about what what even is a legend. You know, it's just a word that that we use all the time when we're talking about football. Um, who are the legendary figures? Well, there's a lot. Of, you know, in, in the history books at Celtic, but it's sometimes difficult to quantify, isn't it? But I think what I was trying to say is that how can you argue about James Forrest? 
being a, a Celtic legend or a Celtic great, um, when you look at what he has contributed over a period of 14 seasons. And I don't think anything's been mentioned, JP, about a testimonial, but that must be part of that latest deal. There must be a testimonial written into that as well, which, you know, these things are becoming more and more rare. But, mm. I mean, who, who would be more deserving than James Forrest of a testimonial? How could he not get one? I, I know I saw some people saying, no, they're outdated now and you, you can't outdate the fact that someone's been at a club for more than 10 years. You can't just sort of dance around that fact, whether whether he is Mr. Popular within the Celtics. Well, I think he saw the reception he got um, at the weekend. I think I think this, this sort of myth that, that he's not widely liked or loved by the Celtic supporters is probably there to be dispelled. I think there's a there's definitely an element of the Celtic support I've seen, whether it's online or whatever, that kind of make snide comments about James Forrest despite his length of service and despite his contribution or well, what's he ever done and all this sort of stuff. You're like, take James Forrest out of the equation in the last 10 years or more since he's been there and and review Celtic's situation without James Forrest and without some of the goals he scored at crucial times, whether it's in big games or the so-called not so big games, you know, a three points away at you know Hibs or Tynecastle or wherever, whatever ground you want to pick, you want to choose is just as important as the three points you get at Ibrox. So I, I don't buy into this. Oh well, you know he's not done it consistently on the big stage, uh, in in the big games. I don't. I, as long as someone is con is contrib- contributing regularly, which he has done, then it gets my my praise, my uh, whatever else you want to call it. How could you not? You imagine as well though, JP, right? Being James Forrest, right? he made his debut when he was seventeen, right? And uh, just being that wee guy for you know the school or that wee guy for the scheme, and and all of a sudden you're a Celtic player, and and what you see is. Um, him growing up in a Celtic jersey. You know, he's just a bairn. He's 17. You see him now, he's in his early 30s and you've seen him develop as as a player mainly because we didn't see him off the park. But one, one of the things I found pretty funny, again, Twitter, the, the, the glory of Twitter, because uh, if, if it's been recorded or documented, someday we'll find it and put it out there. And it's the interview he was giving me Summer Harrell and uh, what are you up to this afternoon? <laughs> Nando's. Do you fancy it? Just to be wide, eh? Just to be wide, brilliant. He's um, national as well, by the way. Like he's, he's he- I know, I know, and he's heading towards fifty caps. You know, he is. He's heading towards fifty caps for Scotland as well. Um, an absolutely. People know, are so quick stellar. to downplay. It's just I get it's a Scottish way, isn't it? People are so quick to downplay great achievement, and to to, to them that's just like ah well, you know. So what? He's got nearly 50 caps for Scotland. Ah, well, so he scored 100 goals for Celtic. I could score 100 goals for Celtic. Could my, nan, my nan could. Um, nan. 500 games. Yeah, that's a biggie as well. Always going about this 500 club. But, you know, there's only a dozen players ever made it in there. I think the 13th player was uh, Scott Brown, actually. Um, so to get into that, you know, uh, you're up there with the greats. You are. You're up there with the absolute icons of Celtic Park. So he's heading towards that as well, JP. Um, yeah. Carl McGregor will probably get there as well. Do you think there was a bit of controversy about the fact that he didn't get a game? What was your thoughts about the fact that he didn't get a game last night after scoring a hat-trick at the weekend? 
I know every, I think everybody and their dog expected them to start last night based on the weekend's performance. But I'll, then, I'll, then the, the flip side to that would be: is he being kept for Pinecastle on Saturday? I think it's you know it's brilliant management by Ange because he's trying to ensure that uh, enough players uh, enough game time is in every player's legs. So mm-hmm. you know, based on performance, Ralston, Burnaby, and Forrest should have all started last night because I thought they were all really really good mm-hmm. against Hibs. But you know what Ange is doing there is I just think he's making sure everybody when required is ready and they're no ring rusty. You know, mm-hmm. um, Forrest, yeah, he's probably at a stage where he wouldn't be up. Up or down, I'm pretty sure that he would rather play. But um, I was surprised. But we'll talk about Abada, the guy that played on the right as well. Um, I'm keen to bring in some of the thoughts of the commenters. We've got Stephen Pearson. Um, is that a Celtic polo shirt? Can a bumblebee style? Well, that's pretty smart. That, or it may be a supporters club. Um, Think, yeah. Smart nonetheless. Playing fantastic, fast and slick moving football, a joy to watch it really is. The the one comment I would make about that uh, jersey over your shoulder and uh, Jungle Lion brings it up. Uh, when you look at a jersey, it does remind you of moments in Celtic's history. That is one of the moments um, against Leon away, which you know people go on about Inverness Cali ending John Barnes's career as a Celtic manager and stuff. But there was a few other things that uh, happened obviously leading up to that and that was one of the big ones um, it does it does remind me of that moment as well one thing I would have done to improve that jersey JP would have been you know the badge the crest I would have had a full colour crest <laughs> I would have had a full colour crest <clears throat> is, that, is, is that is that commented upon in the forthcoming that's book? my that's my critique that is my critique on that jersey it would have gone so much better with the the black white and green four-leaf clover. There you go. Yeah. Other than that, a classic yeah. jersey. Do you know, just uh, when we're on the subject of that season or, this, or those two seasons where we had that strip, do you know what happened on this day, uh, 1998, in the UEFA Cup? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Okay. You know where we were playing? 1998. We played at Celtic Park. Was it Croatia Zagreb? No. Uh, that was the season before that because um, oh. I think we'd signed Viduka at this point. Or had we signed Viduka at this point? No. Liverpool? Croatia Zagreb was Champions League qualifier. Yeah. And we got beat in that. And then that was from winning the league, so they must have somehow ended up in the UEFA Cup. I said Liverpool, no, Janssen was away by this time in 98, wasn't it? FC Zurich. Oh, was it Zurich? Un- aye, under Joe Venglos, was it? Aye, but Zurich, I watched the Little Z highlights this morning, um, and uh, Tom Boyd gets sent off after a horrendous mistake from Jonathan Gould. Gould came out, clattered into the striker, missed the ball. And then the striker had an empty net to hit into it. And 
Tom Boyd, like absolutely full stretch dive and 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 handballed it to stop it going in and got a straight red. Took one for the team, didn't he? I, I, I can't even believe it was twenty. That's twenty four years ago. Oh, that's I, incredible! Terrifying that it's that long ago. But I watched the I watched the little Z highlights and uh, and, and Boyd. Did I tell you the story about Tom Boyd? I spoke to him recently. Did I tell you that? No. Right. Well, because so, he did the forward, didn't he? Yeah. The... Aye. So, I, I've, this is my fourth book, and I've, I've never had a forward. Now, the reprint of Celtic Smeller, the Neely Mocking story, does have a forward, but it's not mm-hmm. been released yet. And that's uh, the forward was by John Clark. So, mm-hmm. this one that's coming out, I thought Tom Boyd would be great because he's a Celtic ambassador, he's he's a ex captain and he's he's a mad Celtic fan. So not only do you get recollections of the jerseys he wore as a player, you get recollections of the jerseys he wore as a fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was just one of these interesting things. So um what we needed for the actual forward was Tom's signature so that we could scan it in and then the designer would drop it into the book and it's just like a nice wee, you know. First couple of pages, there's Tom Boy's forward, there's his signature. So I said to him, any chance we, we could maybe meet up and I'll get your autograph? And we met, right, on the flyover at Harthole Services. It looked like the worst drug deal ever. And it's bucketing down my rain, right, on some nondescript Tuesday afternoon. And there's me and Tom Boyd exchanging autographs, you know what I mean? But it just didn't look right, JP. It looked <laughs> a bit, the things you do to try and pull under, a book together. Aye. You know, brown packages and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Jungle Lion comes back in again. Ruthless on Saturday will do the trick. Yeah, it's another challenge against a side that I don't think are firing on all cylinders. And the tagline would suggest Celtic are now. Because, again, we went through, I don't know how long it was, two or three weeks there, JP, where people were getting a bit concerned, weren't they, about the form. And I think uh, we've blown the cobwebs away last night and against Hibs, haven't we? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think... When you looked at the all oh, the stats, guys were coming up with him, the XG and how many chances we were creating. Sorry, can doing. I stop you for a minute, right? Okay, so that's what normal podcasts talk about. What do we do when we're analysing football games? When you know we don't have heat maps and stuff, you know, to look at what we do is we bring up that. There's your there's your uh, analysis right, <laughs> right there. <laughs> there's Hattie's goal. That's how we did it. Um, <laughs> it's it's succinct and it's uh, yeah. It's, it tells the story. Look at I, Kelly. Look at Kelly. He's like a dead fly sitting there. He was. He was certainly done up uh, well, but I'm so, his feet were so quick. We, 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 I was in the top tier, and I'd been told on the way in, "Oh, you can't see anything from the top tier." I, I saw everything. I don't know what. I don't know what the issue was in the in the top the top tier at Fur Park that we get. I managed to see it all. I don't know. I, I know I'm six two, but I, I didn't think that. My height gave me any advantage over anybody else. I, I saw all the goals in the second half quite clearly. Um, I had um, one of my worst experiences ever at a football ground at Fur Park back in the... In fact, it might have been 1990. It was either the late 80s or the early 90s. And uh, I remember the overcrowding behind the goal was scary. It was it, like, it was frightening. I mean, um, and it was a rubbish game. It was not an each, actually. And when we were leaving, me and my old fella, my feet left the ground several times mm. um, within this crowd because I was just up against the body next to me. It was a horrible, horrible situation. It does, it does bring back every single time we play at Fur Park. That you know that memory comes back to me because it shows you not that long ago, really, in the great scheme of things, JP, how bad football stadiums were back then. Mm. It was, it was horrific. I mean, it was, it was actually scary. Um, 
But yeah, that, there's the analysis there. Hatati's goal, um, as drawn by Fitbar Tweets on Twitter. Check him out uh, I mean, for a bit of humour. Going back to that, we were talking about the the level of chances that we created in those games where we weren't you know, blowing teams away, including in Champions League. We had plenty of chances in those games as well. And it's kind of frustrating that then all, all, all of a sudden we come along, we beat Hibs 6-1 out of nowhere. I don't think anybody... Well, I'm sure somebody did bet it, but I don't think many uh, in the support was, was expecting us to emphatically beat Hibs like that on Saturday. And even last night, you're expecting it to be a bit of a sticky, um, maybe one or one or two, one one nil, two one, something like that. Not a four nil. Um, so these chances that we're creating, I think Ange Postecoglou referred to it last night as well, saying, "Oh well." You know, instead of going in off, instead of a, a hitting a post or mm. we're making a great save, we're scoring the goals. Yeah. And uh, you know, Kyogo had had plenty of chances in those games and hadn't got any. And then he got one last night. Fair enough, it was a relatively easy goal, but I think he probably needed that after quite a few not not terrible misses, but by his own standards, I would think I think he would have probably expected to score one or two in the mm. last two or three weeks rather than none. So there was maybe a bit of doubt creeping in about Kyogo and whether or not he had the minerals for you know the nitty gritty at this point in the season where the games are coming thick and fast and the demands are that you you're a Celtic your first choice Celtic striker, you know, you need to be scoring scoring goals and, and taking your share of the of the workload. He got one last night. I'm sure that'll serve him well going into Saturday. Saturday for for Saturday's game, I, I despite anything that's going on at Tynecastle, whether their fans are bemoaning their style of play, their availability of players, whatever, they will muster a performance from somewhere on Saturday. I, I, I'm sure of it. They hate well, us. They absolutely yeah. hate us. You know, what I remember, uh, obviously, Kyogo and Tenkaz, we made his debut there, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. Remember in the 2-1 game, where we had a perfectly good goal chopped off that mm-hmm. Abada scored, and he was called offside. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, this weekend's game, uh, that particular incident may well be reviewed on VAR um, oh as well. You know, and Stephen well, McLean. Last night, last night the, last, the last Celtic game before that. <laughs> yeah, well, and McLean will be able to look at it and say it's still offside. So <laughs> that'll be that'll be an interesting one. I was going to ask you, though, about Kyogo in Tencastle. Um What was the feeling around the, the stands last night uh, regarding Kyogo? Because, like, even last night in isolation, I think there were three chances you would expect Kyogo to score, and he didn't. Then what started to happen was things that you would expect from him like he's holding up play, you know, that kind of thing was was being affected. He was losing the ball much more often than you would expect from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a, an observer looking in, I'm looking at him going, you know, is that affecting his confidence now? Probably. Um, then he scores the goal and he's so relieved, but he's coming off the park and Postacoglu tells him, no, go back, go back mm-hmm. to the fans. And he does. Um, so what was the feeling last night at the game, JP? Was there... Wait a minute, he's just he's just off it. Hook him. I mean, what was the feeling around Kigo? Because he is a fan's favourite, isn't he, overall? I definitely. I don't think I don't think that's changed in any way. I think everyone you know wanted to celebrate with him when he was uh 
pushed forward by the manager at the end. That certainly did. Um, I was delighted to see. He just loves it, doesn't he? he just loves being amongst Celtic. That loves the fans, loves the away support, loves the adulation. Hasn't probably experienced anything like that in his in his career so far. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Vassell Kobe. Is that the name of the team that he played for? Mm-hmm. I think they have a decent fan base, but do they take thousands of people? Did they fill a full stand? an away ground in Japan on a Wednesday night at six o'clock? Probably not. And and do they, you know, sing songs about every player? And I don't, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm completely naive to that. I've never been to Japan. I'd love to go. I've said that before. It's one of the, the places I'd love to go. But I'm delighted that we have one of their finest exports um, and playing in our playing in our team at the moment and. You know, there's always this argument about Jack and Marcus starting. He obviously started the weekend, got a couple of goals. It's a great problem to have to have two strikers that are totally different, but are all, are both idolised by the by the support. There's there's not anybody that you could find that could say, "Oh, I think Kyogo's not that great. I think Jack and Marcus should be playing all the time." It's it's a case of they want both of them to play mm-hmm. and. Uh, both of them have shown that they're capable of doing it um, at the top maybe not at the top level I'm yet to be convinced by Jack and Marcus and Kyogo in, in the Champions League I don't think either of them covered themselves and have covered themselves in glory really you couldn't really say that they've they've lit it up they've had the opportunity to, opportunities to do so and they haven't done it but that's it's no real slight on them because it's such a huge jump up and class and expectation the, the demands at the Champions League are unforgiven you, you don't get you, you get one or two chances and that's it and if you don't take them then you'll, you'll be waiting until the next game and that's what they found themselves uh, in, in that situation but the majority of our games whether we like it or not are in Scotland and against Scottish opposition yeah, that's that's a cold hard fact. <laughs> and if they can do the business in those games, that's where we're going to get success, and that's where we're going to win more trophies than than that mob. You know, you know when we're talking about the Champions League and how some of the players, like you say, your star players, your best performers, maybe haven't lit it up. I, I agree with that. Um, what does it take? So, at this moment in time, unless we come up with two off the scale phenomenal performances and results in the next two Champions League games JP we're going to be bounced at the tournament okay mm. that, you know but what we've been trying and to do this season as well. I know I know and what, what we're trying to do um, throughout the season is say well Ange Postacoglu's never managed at that level right and the vast majority of Celtic players prior to this season haven't played at that level so you get your six games under your belt JP and like you say right you're going to have to wait till next season to get another taste of this, mm-hmm. is that doable? Does the does the you know the adaptability aspect of a player playing at a higher level does that is it are you able to do it where you know six games one season will be better next season or do you just think that some of them have taken to it, some of them have performed? Well? I mean, we've had some excellent performances from the likes of Hatati, for example, in Europe. I think Jota started coming into it a wee bit more, maybe after a few games. Sure. But that's good to be fair. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and by the way, I'm not writing this campaign off yet because we might see something special from Kyogo and Yakimakis in the next two games. Fair play. Mm-hmm. Would it be too late, do you think, if they haven't really performed in the six games? Do you do you then have doubts that that will happen next season? Or if you flip that and say, well, that six games is a massive learning curve for them and they will be better the next time we have a campaign in the Champions League? <laughs> I would have thought so. I would have thought that within a professional footballer, especially... To, if you take the two of them as individuals, Giacomacchus seems to be a, a pretty determined guy mm. and focused, confident. That interview after um, St Johnston loved that when he said, I'm not acting like the big guy, but I don't want to sound like the big guy, but as soon as we put the ball down to take kickoff after their goal, all I could think about was scoring the winner and what it would feel like. And that's amazing. That mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I love that as a Celtic fan. You love to hear chat like that, and and that's the type of interview that will reverberate through time. Uh, if he manages to go on and score a lot more goals for Celtic and become, you know, an iconic striker, I think he he kind of is on his way to becoming that at the moment. But is he going to be a? Is he going to be a Mark Viduka? Is he going to be a Henrik Larsson? A guy that like does it for a short period of time and then goes away, or is it going to be a guy that um, really gives the best years of his career um, to Celtic? So, but you've got guys like that, and I just, I just think if it was me and I was in their position, my efforts would be doubled to make sure that I can, that I did score at that level, and I did mm-hmm. prove myself, and I did score it in a, in a game that means more. To everybody, because of the you know the outcome. I mean, if we if we somehow do manage to get results in those European games, to get European football after Christmas from where we are right now would be would be an unbelievable achievement, mm-hmm. and it would be something that that. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Lifts their status in, in everyone's eyes because it isn't just week in, week out in the Scottish uh, tournaments. It's doing it at the highest level. Yeah. And, and, and you know... Where you make a name for yourself, I think. It is. And everything... I mean, you, you, we talked about the uh, depreciation and value of some of our assets, but global uh, economics uh, had a massive part to play in that because of COVID and everything else. JP, you know, Ayer and, and Edward, when you look at the, the transfer fees that were discussed 12 months previously and the teams compared to where they went and how much we actually got for them. But now you're looking at a situation where... Celtic haven't really lit up the Champions League, but I absolutely agree with what Anne said when you know this was posted the other day there by one of the the journals, um, and he basically said, "No, you know we haven't been absolutely you know played off the park. We have competed. There have been very fine margins. So I think that the question I asked you about the players being able to adapt, you know, when it's only a, a very short part of the season that they're getting to play at that level, um, I think Anne definitely will." 
I think, you know, whatever we learn from this campaign, he will build on that for, mm. for next season. There might be some players that, that aren't able to take the step up. Um, and then you've got guys like Hatati who just seems to approach it like he's playing against anybody in the Scottish League and he still performs. I think he's been really across the piece phenomenal in Europe. And I'm pretty sure that um, there will be loads of interest in players like him come the end of this campaign. IH decorating, as long as you don't lose any of them in January. IH decorating, Hearts and Livingston, bigger games now than Shakhtar. Do, would you agree with that? What's your thoughts there? Well, they all, they all, of course, they're, I mean, but any any of our league games right now are are big because you you don't want to lose any of our advantage ahead of the break. You want to either maintain that two point gap or increase it. So, one of those games you drop points and um, Rangers win, then that that gap's gone. So, of course, they're 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 massive games, but. I don't. I'm not going into the Shakhtar game thinking, "Ah, well, you know, this means nothing." I, I, I desperately want us to get three points because I think it would, I think it would be deserve. I think we deserve more points than what we've got in this group. I know that sound. That might sound. I agree. I agree I mean, with you. That, but that may sound just like, "Oh, you're a Celtic fan." Of course, you're going to say that. But I've watched. I've been at both home games. I thought we were brilliant against Real Madrid in that first mm. half, mm-hmm. and. I know being brilliant against a team and not scoring doesn't get you any points, but it, it, it feels like it's been a bit hard done by like the, the the Joe Hart mistake. Why could that mistake not have come in a, a game where we had the ability to make up for that? I we know. didn't have the ability to make up for that mistake in a game of that magnitude. It was there was no room for error in that game, and we made an error, and it gave them a goal at one-one. My point exactly. My point would be, JP, to that moment, up to that moment, you, you know, we're watching it and we're observing it. But again, it's backed up by the stats of the game. The data will tell you that the chances created by Celtic at that moment in time were more than those created by Leipzig and mm. more than what Celtic and Leipzig had created in the first game mm. um, away from home. So at that point, Celtic were competing. And I think that's what Andrew was saying. We were going toe to toe. Where Leipzig at that moment in time, then and by the way, when we've made that mistake, we've put put them under some extreme pressure. You know, we had we had the possession in the, in the final third until that break occurred, and uh, Joe Hart didn't deal with it. So I think that you know these are fine margins. People will just look at you and say you're bottom of the table potentially. You're bottom of the table. It's been a disaster. But Ange can't think like that, can he? He needs to look at the, these positives. I don't look at this Champions League. Uh, campaign so far, and the the first word that comes to my head is not disaster, and and, and is that green tinted specks? Is that I don't Celtic think so. Bias? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, as a, I think, if you are, and if you weren't a Celtic fan and you were made to watch these games that we've played, Clockwork Orange style, sitting in the chair with the eyes propped open, <laughs> and you were asked to make a judgment on what you thought about Celtics playing those games, I would expect most people, if they're a football fan, to be like, aye, Celtic deserve more from mm. from these games. Being pretty kind of unfortunate in terms of Gregor shot off the bar, the heart mistake, you know. I know that they obviously had a couple of VAR goals chopped off and people will point to that and saying we should have got scudded there, but... We should have scored as well. A hundred percent. We should have scored a couple of goals there as well. So that game could have been 
three each or four each or something mad like that in another in a Kev Graham parallel universe. Uh, but I, I I don't think of I don't think of disaster. If we get beat at home of Shakhtar Donetsk, that's not disaster, but it's it's pushing it away from my thoughts on how we've how we've gone in this group because we should have beat Shakhtar in Poland. Definitely should have beat Shakhtar in Poland. Everybody, everyone said that. Um, that's a universal kind of held belief after mm. that game. There was nobody going, saying, oh, well, we were lucky to get away with a point there. Everyone kind of thought we should have won that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and then this is the Shakhtar team that have beaten Leipzig and got a point against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's kind of shows how well we did do in that game <laughs> that we, we we should have we were all coming away saying we should have won it disappointed away from yeah. home in the Champions League you know in the mm-hmm. first campaign in five years right so not yeah. only as a club are we really not au fait with the way that the Champions League is and the standard uh, that that's required the, the group of players that Ange has assembled I think in one of the games recently I looked at that uh, and only Joe Hart the last game McGregor was missing in the last game right it was, wasn't it? The last European game. And only Joe Hart had played uh, Champions League football prior to this season in the Celtic squad. He was mm-hmm. the only guy on the pack. So we've got to give them a bit of leeway. And uh, I'm being pretty positive about it, I've got to say. Bringing Ridiculizer in on the YouTube. If you haven't subscribed already, then please do so. We um, do produce content every single day. But this has given me a wee opportunity, actually, before I bring Ridiculizer in. We tend to stream during the week and film during the week and we have a full-time videographer Kelvin who edits what we're doing and puts it out at the weekend so we have two or three days a week where we've got fully produced video content and that's where we get the opportunity to put on live bands unplugged sessions we go to festivals we speak to excels musicians etc so we spoke to a pal of yours last week Stuart Braithwaite frontman of Mogwai brilliant interview because of the guest obviously but a brilliant interview and that was going to go out on Sunday and we had an unplugged session. It was all lined up to go out on Saturday. Unfortunately, due to um, something that happened at the beginning of the week, Kelvin is, is unable um, to, to complete them at this moment in time. Uh, he's not feeling too great. So we will keep you updated on that. We will continue to stream. But um, obviously we're sending our positivity Kelvin's way and hopefully he makes a full recovery. So if you're wondering where Stuart Braithwaite's interview is, it will come out. It's sitting there in the archive. It's sitting there ready to go. But um, I'm not that great at video editing. Kelvin yeah. is. And we're waiting on Kelvin coming back before we do that. And it's the same with the, the sessions. We might have to put them on hold onto the back burner for a few weeks, JP. Uh, unfortunately, because I love them, it's great. We've had the bands in. We've recorded it. But the man, the, the, the man who has that speciality isn't in the studio at this moment in time. So thoughts and prayers and wishes with Kelvin. I saw you were down at Microdot the other day. Yes, we did. Uh, That was actually on the way back from the destination we didn't get to. Um, And we decided to go to Microdot. Uh, Listen, here you go. We're talking music. Um, Was Brian there? Sorry? Was Brian there? Well, this is the thing, right? So, we're going down next month to Salford Lads Club. 
right? Mm -hmm. Which is synonymous with Manchester Music and the Smiths and uh, because Brian's doing an event down there. Now, obviously, that was all kicked off with an event he did with you guys at King Tut's. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's done, he's got one that's sold out already at the Water Rats in London Mm -hmm. and he's doing the third venue, which will be his fourth gig and it's going to be at the Salford Lads Club. So we're going to go down to Salford and film it and do a video feature um, for Brian. So we were kind of in the area and every time we go down south, I always say to the lads, when we're passing the Kendall sign, we really need to go to the Microdot Boutique. Like, <coughs> I'm a massive fan of music from the 90s, such as The Verve, Oasis, you know, Cast, all these bands that Brian worked with, Suede, and all the original artwork was done by Brian and all this kind of stuff. So, on the way up, I'm trying to cheer Stuart up, who's the other member of the team, and I'm saying, you know what, Brian knows everybody, there might be somebody in the shop. You know, Liam Gallagher might have popped in for a cup of tea or Richard Ashcroft might be looking for a brew. Uh, so, lo and behold, we walk in and Tony McCarroll, the Oasis drummer, is in there with Brian Cannon having a cup of tea. Couldn't he make it up? So, obviously, I fanboyed him and uh, asked him loads of questions about back in the day. And we got a wee photograph up at the fireplace, which is the same fireplace that was on mm. the Definitely Maybe cover. So, shameless plug for Brian at, at Microdot. It's in, um, what did I say? So Kendall, it's in Kendall, the beauty guy. But the Salford Lads Club gig, I think the tickets go on sale twenty eighth of October. It will sell out. It's only a hundred capacity. Uh, but if you're into all that kind of stuff, I bought something for the studio, right? Another so the best picture. The best picture. I got something else. Couldn't help myself. Super furry animals front cover. Of Robin Friday flicking the V's at the goalie after scoring a goal. You know the name of the single, don't you? The man don't give a no, expletive bleep. Yeah. The family show. I brought that in as well, uh, JP. But if you're ever down, mate, on your travels, pop in. You'll love it. I know. I need to go. I need to go. I, we parked uh, the the bus I was on last night. Parked outside Motherwell Concert Hall. You ever been to a gig there? I haven't actually. No. Neither no. have I. Neither no. have I. And I, I, it's it's kind of one that gets used every now and then just for a band like if they're not doing a Glasgow show mm. and they want to do something a bit different um, like DMAs have played there and right. the, Snuts, the Snuts played there I think Bell and Sebastian are playing there as well or have played True, there yep. what's the um, capacity something like 1400 1200 something yeah, like that I think it's around about that yeah oh, we should yeah. go to Motherwell and do an Axon gig eh? what do you think could do well I mean I'd, I'd just like to go and see a gig with a full stop I, it's just when you, you've not been to a venue to see a show and it's just like just I'd never even been outside it I, don't, I didn't even know where it was I couldn't have taken you to it in Motherwell uh, until last night and by the way we were also nearly set upon by some Motherwell uh, casuals what did they call themselves? casuals I mean they were like wee guys basically running around have they got, the have they got a name? have they got like an ultra's name? I think they might have. I, I couldn't really make out what was on their flag, but there was wee guys running around the bus getting chased by the police. It was it was all about Benny Hill. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> you know, I love the one, uh, the Falkirk young team. You know what they call themselves? The Fear. The Falkirk Fear. Aye, aye. aye who, no, they, who fears them? Who fears these guys? on the wall. I was, obviously, my mum uh, was from Falkirk, and, and I was at hers, and you'd see the fear. The Falkirk fear and then class war bash the rich. That was that was uh, one of the like next. So you, brilliant. Was. So you you fight other working class football fans. Tremendous. Yeah. yeah. 
for your political ideology. Superb. Ridiculizer. Abada seems to have a cloak of, invinci- of invisibility, not invincibility. That was Batfink on at times. Why he's not picked up as a clear and present danger so often is beyond me. I just think it's a skill. It's the, the awareness, JP, the instinctive awareness. I bet if you ask Abada about it, he couldn't explain it to you. It's just something he does. I mean, he's def- his numbers are absolutely ridiculous when you think about his goal contribution. I don't know. He's a, I don't know if he's assists or in anywhere near that ballpark. But for a guy in his position, the amount of goals that he scores, it's just he's always there. And again, he's done it in big games as well. Maybe not Champions League, um, but he's scored against Rangers for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's, he just is always there or thereabouts. And what a weapon to have at, at 21 years old. Wonder what his uh, market value is. Uh, what, what what would it be? I mean, the, the sort of money that gets banded around nowadays for players that do less than he, than he does. I know. And he's 21. He's an international. He's not a one season wonder now. You can't you know you can't see he was a flash in the pan. He's doing it. No. consistently no but it's just it's just weird how he doesn't really ever you never really come away from a game going oh a bad ran that game or he you know he terrorised them you know for 90 minutes he, he, he popped up for two minutes scored two goals and that's all he really did but when someone's doing that you can't really complain can you you've got to be appreciative of the fact that you've got him at this point in time because he we might not be able to hang on to somebody like that because if, if someone's consistently scoring goals from his position, uh, they're not going to be ignored. They're going to, they're going to get picked up. Uh, and I'm sure, is it, is it Dudu Dahan was his agent? He was, I. I'm, I'm sure Dudu Dahan's going to start sort of opening up the offers to probably English Premiership clubs. Um, at some point looking for his next uh, baby. There will be various radars bleeping um, at the likes of Abada, that's for sure. I'm just thinking that though, uh, some of these guys who haven't really uh, lit up the Champions League, save it for the Bernabeu. If Abada gets a goal and Kyogo and Yakamakis, I think we might, we might get a draw. So, I'll um, make it back for Madrid. If we, if we beat Madrid in Madrid, I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up uh, missing every available method of transport back to Scotland because <laughs> I'll not be in a fit state to do it. Super. Um, Listen, it's always a pleasure on a Thursday, JP. I enjoy it uh, immensely. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. There's a few links underneath the video. Uh, we always ask you to like the video, give us a big thumbs up. It helps with, what do you call that thing again? Oh, yeah, the algorithm. It helps with the algorithm, right? Um, but we put a few links underneath the video. The first one is um, the Axom store. If you want to buy this jersey and a few other things that we do to, to fund what we do, then feel free to do that. All good quality stuff. Um, you can also buy tickets for Bend It Like Bertie. That's Jim Orr's play. It's coming to Glasgow Pavilion in uh, February. Ticket links underneath the, the video. If you want to see us live, 
get on that link and register as well because we'll be going live every single month next year. Um, we Jamie Tierney, his father was on the show recently. He's from Dunfermline, big Celtic fan as well, and they're raising funds for his wee lad's treatment. Uh, he needs to go to the States for that. And if you want to donate to St Mary's, the birthplace of Celtic, that GoFundMe is still open. And, um, you know, we've raised about 29 grand so far for St Mary's. So thank you everybody for getting involved and thank you to JP Mason for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.